Hello, hello, and welcome back to Lola Pops Off About Dramas with your host, Lola. Welcome, welcome back, everyone, to another episode. And as you can see by today's title, I will be doing a Q&A episode. And I have so affectionately titled it, Hit Me With Your Best Shot, Fire Away Q&A with Lola. And yes, it's super long for no reason whatsoever, except for I thought it was super cute. And I am a huge fan of Pat Benatar. That's the only reason I did that. <laughs> but it is my very first time recording a Q&A episode. I think it's long overdue. I've had this podcast for three years now and I have never done one of these. So I apologize for taking forever to do one of these. And I have also noticed that I have some new listeners, some new followers on Instagram. So I thought it'd be another kind of nice way to talk and tell a little bit about myself that I may or may not have shared yet on my podcast. So I thought this would just be the perfect episode to do to finish out or close out my vacation episodes or my vacation series that I've been doing for you guys while I'm away for vacation. So um, I am super excited to do this. I did gather these questions from my IG and I was really, really nervous that I wasn't going to get any questions. And then I kind of just like, hey, if I get five, I'll be happy with five. I can make an episode on with five questions. I know I can. And but I definitely get more than five. And so I appreciate everyone who submitted a question. I am so, so, so grateful to you because I was nervous that I wasn't going to get enough to even do this episode. So I really, really appreciate those who kind of took out their time to, to formulate some questions and send them my way. And if you missed the, your opportunity or your chance to send questions for this Q&A, I will promise, I promise that I will do another episode like this so that I can get more questions in. And maybe with the questions that I answer today, they may lead to follow-up questions that you guys have for me. And so I will do another call for us to do another episode. And I am going to look forward to doing that for you when I can. So thank you again for submitting your questions. Now, the other thing I want to mention before I get into the questions is that I did not look too deep at them all. I kind of looked at them to to find them and to locate them and to gather them so that I can kind of type them out for my uh, for this recording, but I did not look into them and try to formulate answers ahead of time for them on purpose because when I watch or listen to Q&As, I like that it seems like the person's kind of just like, you know, seeing the question for the first time and then throwing out an answer. And I definitely didn't get any repeat questions. I can say that. So that was really nice. And I was surprised by that. So I was really, really glad that I didn't get any repeats. So it didn't cut down the amount of questions that I have, but I am hoping that I can answer them, answer these questions thoroughly, even though I didn't properly prep ahead of time for them. So forgive me if I may not, I am If you feel like I didn't go too in detail or in depth about a question, let me know. And again, we can do some follow up Q and A's and so that I can get, you know, a little bit more, you know, intense and deeper and these questions, but I definitely am going to do my best (laughs) to give you as much as I can. And I am excited. I'm so excited to do this because again, I, I don't know why I haven't done one of these. I know I feel like you guys know me just by listening to my episodes. I feel like I, I share a lot while I'm discussing dramas, 
but I, I don't, I don't really talk much about myself seriously. So I am excited to get the opportunity to kind of do that in a very focused episode. So again, these questions are just kind of compiled together, no rhyme or reason. They're not categorized in any way, shape or form. So they're just going to kind of come at me as I read through them. And uh, yeah, let's have some fun. Let's, let's have some fun answering some questions. Okay. So the very first question that I have here is if you could only pick five K-dramas you could watch forever, what would they be? This is a hard one to start us off with. <laughs> so listening to that question, I I want to say that it's asking like if there's a K-drama or there are K-dramas that if I couldn't watch any other K-drama, I only had access to watching five K-dramas for the rest of my life kind of thing, what would those five be? And boy, oh boy, is that hard to answer because I, like I always tell you guys, I don't have a top um a top five or a top 10 list of K-dramas. I have a top 100 or a top 150. (laughs) So these are a hundred dramas that I love to pieces. But I will say that I do have my all-time favorite and it has to be Coffee Prince. So for that one, it would definitely be in my top kind of pick for if I couldn't watch any other K-drama and I only had five K-dramas to watch, this one would have to be one of those. Um, Coffee Prince, of course, with Gong Yu, Yoon Eun Hae, um, The Voice, as I call him, and the actress Che Jung An. I adore that drama. It can do no wrong for me. And I, at one point, did watch it um, on repeat <laughs> for like a year. The first year that I watched that drama, I watched it on repeat for an entire year. And I'm and I, when I say that, I mean, I literally kept it on in the background while I was studying, while I was doing homework, while I was cleaning, before I went to bed, like it was always on. And it was just because it was perfection to me. So that is definitely a drama I could watch um, forever. So Coffee Prince. And next one, off the top of my head and I can think of and kind of popped into my mind would definitely be a drama called Marriage Not Dating. And it stars Han Gru, who hasn't acted in anything really since that year that she released, um, that she was in Marriage Not Not Dating. She had maybe one other drama after that, but she has, I think she got married and had kids and like never came back to acting. And I miss her so, so, so much. She's one of the funniest comedic actors actresses out there and she's just amazing and she was like an all-around entertainer I remember she she danced really well and I just miss her I I know she's happy and she's thriving and living her best life but I selfishly really really miss her in the acting space and the k-drama sphere but she stars in this drama called Marriage Not Dating. Um, it also has one of my absolute favorite actors of all time, Yeon Woo Jin, who if you've listened to me for a while, I have mentioned him multiple times about how he is just an actor that completely has me in a chokehold anytime I'm watching him. And he is 
perfection and marriage not dating it also has Jin Woo in it and it has um, the actress Yoon So Hee and the great Kim Hae Sook is also in it and I actually did last year my very first throwing it back with Lola episode and this was the drama that I did um I my first throwing it back was it last year was it the first year I don't know but my very first throwing it back with Lola episode was Marriage Not Dating because it is a drama that I have watched multiple times multiple times I I feel like I watched it at least once a year since I watched it it's one of my favorite dramas of all time and it's a drama that I can watch on repeat so that is definitely for me a drama that I could watch forever so I'm gonna definitely put that on the list um next oh easy I should have I should have started with this one probably I'm just kidding um oh this is a good one healer healer with my lovely G Chung Wook and the fabulous Park Min Young I I've watched healer multiple times so again I'm thinking of dramas that I have already watched like so many times and so to me I feel like I could watch it for forever Healer would definitely be one of those um, for sure oh and of course because this is my first life with um, Eamon Ki and Jung So Min that is my my, my, that's my security blanket drama it's a drama that I return to often but mostly in certain seasons that I'm going through. When I need the drama, I go to it. It's a drama where I feel that I have like a, a need for it. And it's whenever I pick it up and those seasons, it always just does exactly what it needs to do for me. It's a very um, personal drama to me, as in like I feel so connected with that drama on a personal deep level that for me it is the drama that I turn to when I need um support honestly when I need um a pick-me-up when I need a reminder that there is you know a reason to keep going on (laughs) that sounds so dramatic I'm sorry I apologize but no seriously it is such a special drama for me so I would have to have it in my life forever to rewatch forever so definitely would also what's that is that number four so yeah I think that's like coffee prints marriage not dating healer because this is my first life oh for a fifth one I don't this is gonna be hard uh I could for a fifth one I'm just thinking right now off the top of my head dramas that I could that I have rewatched multiple times and so I think they kind of fit in the same category for me so I can't say I have a number five but any of these dramas that I'm gonna list would be for me I think dramas that I could watch forever and would be more than welcomed on this list um a drama called Valid Love or sometimes also titled Righteous Love um Queen Inhyun's Man (laughs) That Winter the Wind Blows City Hunter uh Heartless City Touch Your Heart yeah so those are all dramas I have rewatched multiple times um and I I love them and I would want to watch them forever. So that doesn't, that's cheating. That's not five, but you know, just think any one of those could be the fifth, the fifth one. Okay. Okay. (laughs) But that was such a hard question. 
question. I can't believe I started off with such a difficult question, um, but lovely question. Thank you for that question. It, that was great. Um, so let's go to the next question that I have here. So the next one that I have is what is a K-drama that everyone hates that you also hate and one that everyone hates that you love? Oh, <laughs> this is a good one. Okay, so a K-drama that everyone hates that I also hate. So I'm going to be honest. I don't have my, like, I'm not up on dramas that most people dislike or hate. I kind of am up on dramas that everyone loves. So that's a little bit, this is a little bit more difficult for me, but I'm going to think about dramas that I hate and then try to think, um, let me, that's not a very strong word. I don't really hate, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, oh, I don't really hate dramas, but I'm like, wait a second. I think I have, I have one or two I can immediately name. So um, I don't know. The K2, is that a drama that everyone else also hated or disliked? Or was it just me? <laughs> so I'm going to say the K2. I think I'm going to say the K2 uh, for sure. Um, and then the next part of that question is one that everyone hates that you love. Because mm. yeah, again, I don't have a pulse on things that everyone else hates. But I feel like I've heard a lot of negative things or reactions about That Winter the Wind Blows, which is a drama that I obviously just mentioned as one that I could watch for forever and really, really love. And I, but I've heard a lot of negative things about it. So maybe That Winter the Wind Blows. Oh, actually from this year, (laughs) I have one. Interest of Love. Everyone bashed that drama. I mean, the people who mostly finished it were like, okay, I saw some, you know, some merit to it. But most of the people I really feel like hated it. And I was on that kind of like hate and love little hate love and hate relationship with it all while I was watching it but when I actually finished it and sat down and talked about it I recognized how much I love the drama at the same time so for me I really really love that drama but I think other people mostly hated it um for sure so that would be one um yeah I think so is that is that count is that good okay so I would say um drama that everyone hates that I think I also hate is the K2. And then that went to the wind blows and interest in love um, and interest of love is also dramas that I think everyone hates that I really, really love. Okay. I guess I, that answers the question, right? Okay. Um, the next question I have here is outside of K dramas, what is your favorite Western show and what's the K drama equivalent? Ooh. Okay. So this is a really difficult question because again, I don't watch many Western shows, but I will say this, my favorite non K drama show is actually a Norwegian TV show. And it's like a teen um, show reminiscent in the style of like Skin and Degrassi, if you're familiar with those um, kind of Western shows. I really, really love this show. It is titled Scum, which in Norwegian is Shame. And it, to me, really does not have an equivalent uh, at all. <laughs> um, except... 
I believe that I saw some kind of rumblings online that there may be a K-drama remake and the thought of that makes my stomach turn, I'm going to be honest, because this scum has already been remade in multiple different countries and multiple different languages and it has not to me still touched the original which should have remained untouched honestly but yeah I don't know if there's a K-drama equivalent right now I don't think there is equivalent even the remakes are not equivalent (laughs) to SCOM I absolutely adore this show and um yeah I couldn't tell you an equivalent at all but I will say this that I also kind of prior to when I was um, when I'm kind of exclusively watching K-dramas, I really like sitcoms. I've told you, like, I watch a lot of sitcoms and, like, procedural shows, you know, Western shows. And I would say, like, The Office, Will and Grace, Arrested Development, and things like that. And I will say, I think the closest equivalent to those types of dramas that I've watched recently uh, within, like, these last couple of years was Gauss Electronics. I thoroughly thoroughly enjoy gauss electronics because it reminded me so much of those type of sitcoms and comedy um shows in the west i mean love 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 loved loved gauss electronics for that and i think it's like exactly like it gives you the exact same feeling so i would say that's an equivalent to like western shows that i've watched oh and i really think yumi's sales for me is an equivalent to kind of like the sitcom-y um shows that you would watch in like american television i i think there's something about yumi sales that to me i would recommend to anyone like who hasn't watched k-dramas before and they kind of are like oh i don't know but i think it would give them kind of enough of a kind of feeling of like western television that they would really enjoy it or they would be able to get into it without any difficulties i would definitely say yumi sells to me is an equivalent to some of those um kind of western sitcom-y type shows that i really really enjoyed um and still love i mean i have i own them all on dvd like the office like i will and grace like i have those things on dvd i just don't watch them anymore <laughs> but at one point i watched them all the time so i do say that those are western shows that i really really loved oh and another western show that i really really loved was house again what right me watching a medical drama crazy but i loved house because i felt like it was such a character study drama so it wasn't about the the medical stuff as much as it it appeared to be like it was so much about the character Gregory House and I loved loved that I love that drama I mean well TV show I loved it so much and I also had a huge question who Lowry so that's a whole other thing um but I definitely would say that there are tons of k-drama you know medical dramas that have a similar kind of approach to the way that they you know are presented but I don't watch them so then I can't really say there's exact equivalence because I haven't watched many of uh, many medical k-dramas but I will say that um for a story like house where the character where the it felt to me very much about this kind of character study I would say a similar feel to that would be one dollar lawyer 
it to me reminded me of house when i was watching it not because of like the actual content but like the focus on this this character and kind of his backstory and like what led him to who he was when we met him and the beginning of the story of you know it was just it's to me reminded me so much of my experience of watching house i loved one dollar lawyer last year it ended way too soon i believe there was talks of it being multiple seasons but something with like drama among the actual I don't think it was the cast but like production like the writer and some folks I don't remember the details but they basically cut it short and said no to second seasons which was a shame because it was so 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 good so I definitely would say that would be an equivalent to me to like maybe house (laughs) again without all the medical stuff but also with the kind of procedural perspective you know anyway that is a lovely question. Had me go a little bit deep there. I had I kind of got lost with that question because it was like I had to think about Western television, which I don't do because I just don't watch it anymore. But that was nice. It was like that was actually kind of fun to have to kind of think about some of the the Western television shows and TV shows that are not K dramas or Asian dramas in general that I really, really enjoy. So um, yeah, that was a wonderful question. Thank you. Okay, so next question here. Uh, (laughs) What are your worst K dramas top three? So I'm going to be honest with you. I already shared one um, and I don't have a top three. I don't think I have a top three, but I do have a top two of my worst K-dramas and just talking about them, I am I can feel my blood pressure rising. The K2 with Ji Chang-wook and Yuna. And I'm going to just leave it at that. <laughs> and Doctor Stranger with my baby Lee Jong-suk and Kang Sora. And it also has Park um, Hae-jin in it. And boy, oh boy, th- do those two dramas just make my blood boil. And I can tell you the the common theme between these two that make me so angry at them um, is the expectation. Okay, I went into both of these dramas with such high expectations, and it's not because I was excited about Doctor Stranger and it was a doctor show. No, I was willing to watch a doctor show because of Jung Suk and Kang Sora. No. No, they didn't give me that. Same thing with the K2. I was watching that because Chungwook was back doing an action romance and I had missed him and I was just so excited. And boy, oh boy, did they let me down. Did they let me down? And I can do whole episodes on both of these individually. So I'm not going to go into all my qualms with them by, you know, answering these questions. But for me, they were the worst. K-dramas I've ever watched and it probably isn't just because oh the writing was bad oh the directing oh it looked this way production the acting no it's because it made me mad both of them they made me mad in both ways like angry and I lost my mind while watching kind of thing like made me so mad watching them and I think even if there were good things about these dramas, I was so blinded with rage watching them that I couldn't even pick out the good things. Um, and like I said, I'm not going to go into the details because I think I I have the right to do episode on this and really kind of 
talk through my problems and issues with these dramas so that everyone understands that I'm not just hating on them just to hate on them, but because I felt personally attacked by both of them. So yeah, yeah. I don't have a top three, but I have a top two. When anyone at, when anyone inquires about dramas that I hate or dislike, it's always going to be the K2 and Dr. Stranger. And I have nothing nice to say. I have nothing nice to say. And again, let me know if you want me to do an episode on why I hate these two dramas. <laughs> Please let me know. Because I think it, it would be, it's needed. I think I've, I have a lot built up about these two dramas and I think I need to let it out once and for all so let me know if I should do an episode on that but lovely question very difficult question breaking my heart but man man oh man okay um next question I have here is do you sometimes watch series in accelerated mode or fast forward some parts okay so this is such a good question and actually a question that I I'm just like a little in awe by because I just realized like within this year that people watch dramas in accelerated mode. Like I had no idea that that's a thing that most people do. A lot of people do. I think it was when I recorded early in the year with um, Liliana from Tea and Soju podcast that I kind of she told me she watches all of her dramas like kind of like fast forward it like in like fast forward but like in like a higher speed or faster speed and I was like wait what like people do that and then I was talking to my best friend who doesn't watch k-dramas or Asian dramas but watches lots of television and she said she does that too with like normal television I was like wait what what are people doing fast forwarding thing like like fast forwarding but they're like watching it in this accelerated mode I had no idea people did that and I I I don't I don't I didn't know I knew it was an option but I guess I didn't understand why it was I I don't I don't do it and I'm like am I missing out on something I think I would be so aware of it moving faster that I would probably be so distracted by that and not really watch the drama I don't I don't know I've never tried it and I don't really have a, a, a desire I guess to do it um but yeah I just that's so new to me that people do that but I will say this the second part of your question um or do I fast forward some parts so yes I have done that um I'm serious I have done that but I will tell you this if I'm fast forwarding a drama nine times out of ten that is a drama that is about to go on my drop list okay that is a sure sign that you're going on my drop list if I'm if I'm fast forwarding you there you're not gonna be around much longer um for sure but the times that I fast forward that I still am watching the drama where it's not that I drop it it's usually if it's like a gory moment maybe um something like that or a moment where like I don't like the the character or the characters and so I always fast forward their scenes um but that's very rare I can think of a drama as a very specific example um there's a drama called High Society and it's is it has one of my favorite um couples of all time in it. it has one of my favorite um characters of all time in it yet 
I hated the actual drama as a whole. <laughs> so a lot of the drama I was fast forwarding just so I could watch my couple and my character scenes. Like I only want to see them. And so when everybody else was on the screen, I was kind of like, Ugh. so that was a very rare occasion where I finished that drama, but it was like, by barely watching it because all I was watching was a certain couple of stuff. And I don't do that very often at all. Um, but I do fast forward when it's like a scene that's graphic or something really, really sad is going on and I wasn't expecting it. I'll fast forward or like skip ahead so that I can see if there's some like resolution to the sad part. And if it's not, then I, you know, I'll go back and watch it. But a lot of times I try to jump ahead to like, see if I'm going to be okay. <laughs> and then I'll go back and rewatch. But yeah, I don't watch any dramas in accelerated mode, but I do fast forward some parts. But if I'm fast forwarding too much, nine times out of 10, that drama is getting dropped. So yeah, great question. Great question. Okay. Um, next one. Have you ever converted someone to like K-drama and how's that story? So this is a nice question. I am going to be honest with you. I want to say no. I don't think I've ever converted someone to like K-drama. And I'm going to be honest. Um, I want to say the answer to that is because when I first started watching K-dramas, um, you know, years and years ago, to to convert someone to watching it was really difficult, I think. Not because um, I didn't want to tell people about K-dramas, but I think I was watching K-dramas illegally. <laughs> Shh. I was not watching K-dramas in a very legal manner. Um, so please don't come for me. I admit it. I don't do that anymore. Or do I? I mean, you know what I mean. Um, and so it was just very inaccessible. Like, I think it was not something that a lot of people had access to watching. And and so it was just really like, I, I couldn't convince people to watch it when I knew they were going to have a hard time gaining access to watching it. And I was willing to do the work, obviously, to watch it. But I'm like, everybody may not be willing to do that, okay? Um, or do anything illegal to watch it, right? So that was one of my kind of reasons why I could say in the early days when I was in the mode to convert people, I didn't see how it was going to be, how I was going to really be able to. Now, I have had friends of mine who've been with me since before I watched K-dramas. I have definitely had them watch K-dramas before. They have definitely watched a few before and that didn't necessarily convert them, but it also didn't kind of turn them off from them at all. Uh, and the way that they were able to watch them was usually I purchased, I used to purchase DVD sets of K-dramas. So I would have the DVDs and then I could just share them with them. So that I felt better about doing. But again, I didn't convert them. They just, you know, watched the drama and was like, oh, and we were able to talk about it. But that was about it. Um, yeah. And then I also would say like these days, like I don't have, I don't feel like um, I could necessarily convert anyone to watching K-dramas because everyone I know and that I meet has at least watched a K-drama these days or at least aware of K-dramas way more than back when I was like, oh, you got to kind of like force and convert people to watch this stuff. But like these days, I feel like everybody's like, oh yeah, I've watched a couple K-dramas here and there, you know, do they, are they the biggest K-drama enthusiasts like myself? No, but they don't mind them. And I haven't, you know, convinced them to to be a, a huge fan and lover of K-drama like I am, but I, I don't feel like I have to convert people these days 
and the times when I thought I needed to convert people, I couldn't convince myself that it was uh, it was fair to when they didn't have access to watching the dramas that I wanted them to watch in a very legal and easy manner. <laughs> so great question. Um, so no, I have never technically converted someone to liking K-drama. Yes, I've had people watch K-dramas and they've enjoyed it, but they haven't become like a huge K-drama fan after watching those few that I forced their hand to watch. But yeah, um, lovely question. Thank you. Thank you for that one. Uh, next question. What are your favorite K-drama tropes and what are your least favorite? Oh, this is easy. I talk about these all the time, guys. You know this one. First out of the gate is fish out of the water is my favorite K-drama trope or my favorite trope of all time. Um, And I think there are different umbrellas underneath this big trope fish out of water um and the ones that i think underneath that are usually mistaken identity um and even girl disguised as a boy <laughs> um i love both of those those kind of tropes mistaken identity or girl dressed as a disguised as a boy um and then i think that all ties into fish out of water i really enjoy the tropes that um or these tropes because they specifically force the characters to kind of be out of their element and then they are kind of like allow for kind of awkward and hijinks to ensue because of it so I always have a good time but what I also think I really enjoy about them is that in these spaces or in these tropes a lot of times the characters are forced to hide who they really are and then with this hidden identity or whatever they are interacting with all these people and building these kind of relationships with all these people who are not privy to the fact that they have a lot about them that they're hiding um and then only till they feel safe enough or comfortable enough with these relationships that they've built are they able to then reveal their whole selves and to me that kind of metamorphosis or that kind of experience to me is really a beautiful one I know it sounds really cheesy and it sounds like super dramatic for such a you know fun or like not so fun trope to most people but I really get a lot from that um and it, it may be something personally that I identify with um as someone who I believe I'm quite guarded and it takes a lot sometimes for me to really open up maybe that's why it's taking me so long to do a QA and a because I really have a hard time opening up um about my personal life my personal you know stuff so I feel like that may be why I connect with that trope so much, but I love it. I love all aspects of the trope, um, fish out of water. So different types that kind of go underneath that umbrella, mistaken identity, girl disguised as a boy, all of those. Um, even like, um, when someone, um, like, or like fish out of water too, like legit alien comes down to the world and like to earth and has to you know pretend like they're a human like all of that I love I love it I love it I love it I love it I like the concept of like a little mermaid her coming out of the sea and being on land and not knowing how a fork works you know that is my favorite trope I love it I love it it's my favorite always will be if you have a story 
that has that in it, I'm probably going to watch it and I'm probably going to love it. So yeah, definitely, definitely my favorite. Um, Another trope that I really, really like is enemies to lovers. I know some people can take it or leave it, but I love it. I love a good, because I think it's tied to that concept that I was telling you where it's like you're really kind of guarded and then it's only until they are kind of, they get to this point with one another, do they recognize who the real person really is? You know, there's no reason to really be enemies. There's no real reason to really hate each other. And and then, of course, that building down, you know, breaking down those walls is such a wonderful thing to watch. I love seeing people breaking. <laughs> that sounds bad, but you know what I mean? Like seeing the wall crumble, seeing the facade crumble. I love that. I love it. And it also leads to a lot of like buildup and tension and kind of um, it's like a long game type of watch. And I enjoy that. I love a slow burn. And I think that is enemies to lovers allows for that. And so definitely my one of my favorite tropes for sure. Um, least favorite tied to enemies to lover uh, lovers. I officially admitted, I think it was earlier this year. or was the end of last year that I absolutely think I could not stand the friends to lovers trope. Like I think that is just definitely not me. Well, not for me. It's not for me. I think I always try to appreciate it and try to like it, but every time without fail, whenever I watch a friends to lover or exes to lovers again, I always am like, it's not for me. <laughs> it's not for me because it cuts out that slow burn that I'm talking that I, you know, talking about that I enjoy. It cuts that out and it kind of starts with like, hey, they already have this long history that we didn't even get to see, but it's like, all there shrouded on these characters and then a lot of times the history that's there to me always trumps the it's always the proper explanation of why you guys are not lovers in the first place like there's a reason why and they never convinced me otherwise they never convinced me that these are actual friends that are just friends that end up being better as lovers like they never convinced me without a fail so if you have a this is a call out to you guys if you have a drama that has a friends to lovers that you believe is a genuine like without fail can convince me that friends to lovers works please let me know. I'm still looking forward. I've watched a lot of them. I'll tell you that I've watched a lot of them and I've never been convinced. Never have I ever, never, never have I ever. So let me know. But right now I've never seen one. Um, another of my least favorite tropes would definitely be, um, love triangle and not. So I don't mind love triangles if they do it properly, I always say this, I feel like there's a proper way to do love triangles and I feel like there's an absolutely horrible way to do love triangles. And I'm talking about that horrible way to do love triangles. And it's usually when there is someone in the triangle that is obviously just never an option, was never an option, will never be an option. There's no way this person has any reason to be torn between these two people because that person just is not an option and yet they have that person like dancing around the couple even though it's like there's no chance like there's no chance the way that you do a proper love triangle for me is when you have two of you know the two that are vying over the one you know one person if those two are really 
viable options. Like they're very good options. And it's like, I'm torn. I don't know who they should be with. I don't know who they should pick. Oh my goodness. That's my favorite. I love a little bit of like torture and my love triangles. If they convince me that this, I don't know who, I, I don't know who would be best. Those are my favorite, but that's not always the case. That's, I feel like that's very rare that they do it right and in that manner but definitely the wrong way I see it all the time and I don't like it at all so that's one of my least favorite tropes um another one that I think is one of like I don't know if people call this out but I don't like the mean mothers overbearing mothers um trope like I I think I've had enough of it I've had enough of mean moms and like moms are just like just doing being the worst always the worst there's no you know coming back for them there's no saving grace for them they're just there to annoy us and the characters and you know and their child and I I, I'm I'm done with it I'm so over it I, I feel like I think I'm most over it being mean mothers because I feel like only when it's the mother figure do they make it so that the characters the reason why they are the way that they are, the way that their life is like turned upside down and horrible is always because of this mother. Like they never do this when they talk about fathers and like deadbeat dads, like they kind of just like make it so that the deadbeat dad, like he was just, you know, oh, you know, he was just not doing all that he could, but that's okay. I'm not, my life is completely ruined because of my dad. They always find some way to make the characters seem to be like, pacified or okay with their father being a deadbeat um but like the mom her being mean it's like that person is their life is completely ruined they their entire lives are turned upside down because of this mean mother and wow that mother is the worst thing that could have ever happened to me and I'm just like not always convinced I'm not um I, I'm over it. But I will say I love a good mother character though. I love a good mother character. Um, one that is like flawed and one that is is it seem appears to be not the best, but really is doing everything she possibly can. Like I love that, but it's just not as often. I feel like the mean mothers and the overbearing mothers are so much more common. And I'm, I'm over it. I'm over it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's one of my least favorite tropes. And of course, my very least favorite one is like illness um, because it's just so difficult for me to watch. As anybody knows, I stray far, far away from dramas that deal with sickness and illness. And this is more on the newer side of my watching of K-dramas. So back in the day, I could get down a few, but these days it's just a no-go for me completely. It completely... Um, disrupts me in my watching experience when they throw something like that in or if there is like any knowledge of me going into a drama that that's like the actual crux of the drama I won't even start it I won't even start it so um that's a tie to why I also don't like medical dramas as well but yeah that would be another of my least favorite trips okay all right that was a lovely question 
question. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I went a little too long on that one. So let me speed things up a little bit. <laughs> okay, um, next question. Oh, this is a cute one and quick one. Are you going anywhere special for your vacay? So this is a very nice question. I'm actually not going um, anywhere like, you know, oh, vacation spot, but I'm actually um, visiting my best bestest friend um of almost 20 years so she was been around since k-dramas or before k-dramas and i am i haven't seen her in a really really long time as in like spent an extended amount of time with her and i am so excited and so grateful that despite our busy lives we can finally spend a long like a nice chunk of time together so that is what i'll be doing for my vacay or part of my vacay and then the rest of my vacay is just going to be vacating from podcasting and watching all the latest newest airing k-dramas um and work and (laughs) work so that is a part of my vacation um so yeah and um so yeah i'll be visiting her i'll be staying with her and it's it's great it's wonderful so i'm super excited um yes and what's my next question here what's your experience explaining to friends that you're a k-pop slash k-drama fan that's a lovely question okay so I will say this, my experience with explaining to friends that I enjoy K-pop or K-drama has been really easy um, and simple for me because like I just mentioned, my best friend and all of my other really, really close friends were around before K-pop and K-drama. So when it came into my life, it was really easy that they kind of just noticed that I was enjoying something that was new and different and they supported me 110%. So I didn't even have to really explain it to them. It kind of just was a part of me that they got to know. Um, So that was really easy. As in these days, like new people that I meet, new friends, you know, people that I work with, all of that is also been pretty simple and pretty easy for me because everyone I think has access to K-dramas these days so it's not something that's as unknown as it once was I believe where you kind of really did have to like explain like what what are you talking about what are you like watching um these days I feel like you mentioned K-dramas everyone's like oh yeah I know what that is you know they kind of all know so it's really easy for me to kind of just mention it in conversations when other people are talking about things that they're watching or things that they're enjoying um different media I can easily bring it up and I think everybody's kind of like oh yeah 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 um so I don't have much issue or I definitely feel like my experience now in explaining that I am a big K-drama fan or K-pop fan is really easy and simple another reason why is because I especially for K-pop I have a lot of like merch and items that are like in my office that I wear you know that like it's on my person so it's like a good conversation starter a lot of times so I can get into explaining um my my love for BTS or something you know like that easily um so yeah it's it's been a lot easier in these recent years to talk about or explain to people me being a fan of K-dramas and K-pop because I just feel like everybody knows it, knows it and everyone's aware of it or they at least know someone who already is in love with it and, and enjoys it. So it's like really simple these days, but there was a time for sure where I think I just didn't bring it up and I didn't really feel the need to because everyone in that I was really, really close to had already knew that I liked it and enjoyed it. So I didn't have to explain myself to them, but yeah. It is a it's a it's it's an interesting thing to think about though the 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 need to explain yourself and I think there was a time there where 
if I were trying to like find people to accept me being a fan of K-pop and K-drama, then it would have been really hard for me to to kind of talk about it and explain to them why. But I don't have to do it these days. I really don't. I feel like everybody kind of is like, yep, I kind of know what you're talking about. You don't have to explain. Got it. <laughs> do I feel like I have to like sometimes defend these days? No. I no, not maybe a little bit again back in the past, I would feel like I had to defend myself a little bit more, but these days, again, I think everybody, especially since the Squid Game and like Squid Games and stuff like that, I think a lot of people are just like, yep, yeah, they're aware that that's the thing that people are into and enjoy. Um, and they don't seem to be as judgmental <laughs> as I used to think they were going to be. And this entire time, that's the whole point. You always assume people are going to be like, oh, I don't understand you. Why are you doing that thing that you're doing? And it's like, they're like, oh, nope. You don't need to explain yourself. Got it. <laughs> it's just me putting that on them. And the whole time I didn't need to do that. But great questions. Super good. Ah, love these questions, guys. Okay, I'm going to speed up. I promise. I am just like so impressed by these questions because it's really having me like kind of sit and like ponder like, wow, yeah, that was a thing. Oh, true facts, you know? So lovely, lovely, lovely questions. Um, next question I have, what is your comfort drama I think I kind of already talked about this in the first question and I would definitely say Coffee Prince would be there because it's just near and dear to my heart it's such a a meaningful drama for me obviously because of what it symbolizes for me in my k-drama journey and my k-drama life it is the inception of my k-drama life and so I absolutely absolutely um, would say that is a drama that brings me all the joy and all the comfort in the world. Um, another one would definitely be, I mentioned earlier, because this is my first life, there's just this personal tie that I have to the story that really when I need the, the a message, a certain message and kind of in a certain season of my life, that is a drama that definitely makes me feel safe and, and, and heard and comforted and protected. Um, and I would also say a of youth is one of those dramas as well I didn't mention it earlier but it's definitely a drama that I still go back to and when I do it it just completely you know wraps me <laughs> up in some weird way not season two um season one of age of youth uh it just it completely wraps me up it makes me feel comforted and secure and I love it and I would have to say in most recent years um specifically last year I would definitely say my liberation notes has entered into that for me as well as far as comforting it is such I don't even I don't even want to go into how I talk about my liberation notes because it it takes me there when I start talking about it but it by far is one of the the most it's one of the dramas that I felt the most seen and I know that doesn't make sense, but I saw myself in that drama so much that it was almost scary. And it wasn't because I was, I felt like I was like any of the characters. That's the other thing. It's like, I didn't even have to be like those characters to feel so seen. And I feel like that is a part of that story. That is the part of my liberation notes is this aspect of freeing yourself for the need to be seen in a way. Um, and so I definitely find so much comfort, so, so much comfort in my liberation notes. And I want to just go ahead and plug 
my um, final impressions of my liberation notes from last year. That is one of my favorite episodes I ever recorded because going over that drama and detailing all these kind of layers that was that drama to this day, even if I go back and listen to an episode of my own, of my podcast, it would be that one because it just, I feel comforted just listening to me talk about this drama being such a comfort to me. So definitely my liberation notes would be added to this list of comfort dramas for me. Oh, great question. Thank you. Um, next I have here, what is your strategy when you're in a K-drama slump? Oh my gosh, great question. Already did an entire bonus episode about this it's a part of this vacation series it was the first one that I dropped of like k-drama slumps and kind of like my my definition of what a k-drama slump is but then also tricks and and tips on how to overcome and get out of the k-drama slump experience um one of the main takeaways from that podcast episode if you haven't listened to it for me was definitely this idea of accepting that you may need to be in that K-drama slump for a reason. And that doesn't mean you're not going to get back to K-dramas and loving K-dramas once you get out of the K-drama slump. So don't feel discouraged, but sometimes it's, it's for a reason. Um, and then the other thing is kind of me giving some tips and tricks, but one of my very, um, favorite ones that I gave was definitely revisiting your favorite K-dramas. Ones that made you realize that you loved K-dramas in the first place is always a great and surefire way to kind of help support you out of your K-drama slump. So please go listen to that episode. It's one of my favorite episodes that I done um, for this vacation series because it really, really was um, a, a tool, I think, for all of us in K-drama land. And other people have shared since that um, episode released their own kind of tricks and tips to support themselves out of K-drama slumps. So it is such a great episode and I think you guys would really appreciate it. And even if you're not in a K-drama slump now or have experienced a K-drama slump, it is a good episode to go ahead and get underneath your belt because trust and believe you will experience a K-drama slump in your K-drama loving life. So um, definitely go ahead and check that episode out. So yeah. Um, Next question here. Can you recommend some great romance action K-dramas? Ooh. So I've already mentioned two of my faves, Hiller and City Hunter. Top, top whatever of my action romances for sure. Hiller and City Hunter. Um, oh, I also think I mentioned Heartless City. I would also kind of put it in that um, action romance um, category. So Hiller, City Hunter, Heartless City. Um, oh, a drama call, called A Man's Story or sometimes titled The Slingshot. And it's an older drama. And I feel like many people are not even aware of this drama and which is such a shame. Um, it is so good. I believe it is, um, what year did that come out? I want to say it was around 20, no, 2010, 2000, 2009. I think this was from 2009. So it's obviously an older drama. So it, it explains why a lot of people don't really know much about it. But it is one of my favorite um for sure, as far as action, kind of romance, um, thriller style dramas. I mean, it's not too much romance in it, but you know, if you wanted some action and you want some something really gripping, the slingshot is definitely that. Um, 
it's hard to me to recommend it these days, honestly, because um, the lead actor, Park Young-ha, he actually passed away um, about a year after that. Um, and it was, you know, devastating. And so it's kind of hard for me to kind of like, so like recommend it because I don't want people to kind of go through that whole process of finding out, you know, but it is, if you, you know, if you kind of know that information up front, I would highly recommend it. It's one of his last acting projects, I believe. Um, and so, yeah, definitely amazing um, action drama and there is some romance elements to it. So Yes, highly recommend. Um, another one I would highly recommend is Time Between Dog and Wolf. That one is from 2000, it's earlier than The Slingshot. So probably 2007, probably 2007. It stars Lee Jun-ki um, and Jung Kong-ho. And they are like, you know, it's like the the I want to say bromance, but basically like they're kind of raised as brothers, and then they are on two sides of the same coin kind of thing, where one's an agent, you know, NIS agent, and another one's a part of a um, kind of like underground, um, you know, kind of mobster style group and they are against each other um and then they also kind of are vying for the same woman <laughs> on top of all of this but it's so good um so definitely one of my standouts for action romance for sure and it's old so you know people have their thoughts on older k-dramas and how they look and things like that but the story itself is so good so i have to give them that it's a lot going on into and there's action and so just like ah so good um and then another one I think I don't think people would think to recommend this one for action romance but I will um The King Two Hearts and this one is like from I I'm doing my best with these dates guys um 2011 2011 2012 2012 2012 this was in 2012 and it stars Lee Sung-ki and Ha Jin-won and man they were amazing in this um and it's basically kind of this fictional present day south korea where they still have like a king obviously king two hearts and um and sung sungi he plays like a prince of korea of south korea and then he ends up being um married off to a north korean agent who is Haji Wan so it's like a arranged mirror situation so they can bring like you know some kind of peace between North and South Korea and it's so much action because I mean Ji Wan is like kicking tail all across this drama up and down she's like a special force agent so just like so good um but then there's like a sec- secondary couple which was just heartbreakingly beautiful it um they were played by um Cho Jung Suk and Lee Yoon Ji I believe is her name Lee Yoon Ji I might be making that up um but yes they have their own secondary love story that was just great so it's like a lot of romance all around but then there's also tons of action so so good highly recommend if you haven't watched it highly recommend uh, and it's funny obviously because you have Sungi in there he's he can do comedic roles very well um so super good and then um look at 
Jimmy. I just gone because I love action romances. As you can see, I can keep going. Uh, but I'm going to end it off on Il Jimmy. Um, this one is uh, kind of, you know, obviously it's a historical kind of um, drama set in like the Joseon dynasty. And it's about this kind of Robin Hood-esque character named Il Jimmy. And it has Lee Jun Ki in it again. As you can tell, I love him in action roles. He is so amazingly good in action roles. I think he is known for doing like his own stunts and things. So if you want to watch anything with action, you probably going to have to watch something with Jun Ki um, at some point because he's just so good in action roles. Um, and then it also has Han Hyo Choo in it. So gorgeous, lovely, amazing. Love them. And they have like young actors. And this is like one of um, Yo Jin Gu's earliest roles and Kim Yoo Jung's earliest roles. So if you want to see them as little ones, as little babies, they are like the child versions of them um, in this drama. So good. A lot of action. It's a seguk, so historical, so, you know, people have their feelings about that. But romance all throughout and action all throughout. So, yeah. So that's just a few and such a great question. I wish I did more on recommending dramas in different categories and things like that for people because I, I feel like I should. I feel like I should, especially now that I feel like I have watched uh, quite a few dramas and uh, quite a few different varied genres so I definitely feel like I have enough in, in a lot of genres that I would, could recommend so that's just a few for my action romance um k-dramas love that I got a question on that I feel like I talk about me being a big fan of that genre but I never really kind of go beyond healer and city hunter and there's and there's so many more um that I would recommend so Yes. Lovely question. Thank you. Okay. Um, and then I have, uh, this one's a fun one. Someone just wrote, tell us more about you. So uh, should I save this for last? Oh no, I'll just go ahead and throw it in here. So what can I tell you about me? So my background, as far as like career is education. I've been in education and different types of roles and, and I still currently am in that field. So, um, education is my background. Um, when I was um, an undergraduate in college or in university, I one really st I studied <laughs> literature and creative writing. So I don't know if you guys can pull from you know pull that or see that in the way that I talk about K dramas, but it is I feel like connected in some way. The way that I view K dramas um, is from that literature. Um, background I at one point thought I was going to be a writer <laughs> so there's that um I am a middle child and I believe in the middle child syndrome I know I've mentioned this before I think specifically when I talked about my liberation notes because my favorite character one of my favorite aspects of that is like the middle um child um played by Emin um, Key so I, you know, that's something that I like to tell people about. If you care about, you know, horoscopes and signs, I am a Pisces and I feel like I am a textbook Pisces. Um, so that's a, just another detail about my personality. I am um, an ISFJ. If you care about personality typing, um, what else can I say? What else can I tell you about myself? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, that's some things I think, right? Oh, I, yeah, I'm a middle child. I have um, nothing but sister. I have two sisters. Um, and another cool 
um, know is that my best friend, who I've talked about, mentioned throughout this episode, is also, um, she has two siblings that are sisters so her family has three girls and then my family has three girls as well but she is the youngest (laughs) and we go back and forth about you know views on being the younger versus the middle child and the super fun um yeah and what else can I mention Mm-mm-mm. my intro into k-dramas and i detailed this in my very very first episode of this podcast three years ago but my intro into k-dramas starts way back um when i was around nine years old when i got into asian cinema as in hong kong cinema i was a huge fan of hong kong cinema all the directors and actors and i that was one of my biggest hobbies at one point reading and researching and watching hong kong films (laughs) so that's a whole story i do go over that story in my very very first episode of my podcast if you haven't listened to it but that i think is something a lot of people don't know is that I didn't just like start watching K-dramas and that was like my first intro into Asian cinema or Asian media. It was actually films. Um, when I was younger, I wanted to be an actress. Um, that's something else. Um, one of my first dreams, like my career dreams, was to be an actual actress. I um, used to print out monologues from some of my favorite movies and like practice them. Never went on an audition, never went into any kind of acting classes or school, nothing like that. Which um, is kind of a dream that fizzled out in a way, but I did want to be an actress when I was a, when I was younger um I told you I didn't want to be a writer at some point yeah la da 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 but you know I love where I am in my career and um in education now absolutely adored it is lovely um and ideal for me and what else can I tell you I told you Hong Kong cinema um yeah I don't know okay that's enough I think that's enough that's just a little bit more about me if you want to know even more about me let me know and when we do a Q&A part two I'll go into more um, notes I had to think off the top of my head about things about me so my bad <laughs> um, yeah so next question here do you have slash follow a particular system to help you watch so many K-dramas great question so uh, yes there is like a, a weird system that I have that has been working for me in these recent years where I feel like I've been all consumed by watching K-dramas um back in the day didn't have to worry too much about it because I just wasn't watching as many K-dramas I think at one time but these days yes I can go up to you know 12 dramas once at one time like simultaneously watching 12 dramas and what really works for me is that I designate dramas that are only um watched on the weekends and then there are dramas that are watched during the week and I actually keep track of this all kind of like I have it's something I'm going to share with you guys soon um my tracking um device um, I'm a tracking device but what I use to keep track of my my drama watching and keep me um kind of you know keeping tabs on everything that I'm watching and taking notes of all the episodes and where I am I'll share that with you guys soon so look out for that coming to you soon um 
but I actually use a tracking system but then also I designate when I'm gonna watch these things so certain dramas that are only for the weekend where I don't think about them during the week I don't worry about when they air if they air Monday Tuesday if they air Wednesday third like it does not matter they do not get watched until the weekend and then there are dramas that I do watch throughout the week so I have to designate them to certain times for me to watch during the week and that's the only way that works for me because I get stressed if I feel like I have so much to watch and not enough time so what helps is when I feel like I can can push off things so that I know I'll get caught up but it will just have to be during this time and so don't think about it um, during the week kind of thing and there's some dramas that are just easier for that so there are dramas that I may not be as in love with so I'll push them to the weekends and then it'd be easier just kind of go back to back and watch their two new episodes and be done and move on to the next drama as opposed to like there are dramas I'm like oh I cannot wait to the next episode so they are going to be in the week so as soon as they drop I'm ready to watch them because I can't wait so that is just how I've been able to do it I'm a big marathoner to me and I don't have a life obviously as you can tell um (laughs) so on the weekends like I really do spend like I can spend entire days um like on a Saturday and completely watching dramas same with like on a Sunday I can watch dramas all the way all day um it's just how I fit them all in (laughs) and I enjoy it I really really enjoy it so you guys don't feel bad for me and don't judge me and my my lack of um, other things going on in my life I promise you I am fulfilled in so many other ways (laughs) so I'm not lacking in that regard but I will say that I can definitely designate whole days to just watching k-drama and that obviously would help me you know (laughs) watch so many gay dramas but I do have a particular um, tracking system that I use that I personally created for me to keep track of all my gay dramas because I've watching so many it's been like I've started this maybe two years ago because it was so hard (laughs) keeping track of it all Um, so I like I said I have been using it but now I think it's at the point where I want to share it with you guys so please look out for that it's coming soon I promise you like within the next couple weeks it's coming like seriously so great question love that question and I will share with you soon the very particular system that I use um but yeah next question I have here is what do you like doing as a hobby besides K-pop and K-dramas? Okay, see, I can explain myself now. So I do have other hobbies. I do have things that I'm also interested in outside of K-pop and K-dramas, I promise. Um, in particular, editing, um, as in like Photoshop and photography. Um, when I was younger, wait, this might be another um, thing about me. I used to be really into photography. I One of my first jobs was photography, as in like studio photography and things like that so I really really loved photography have always loved photography um and I also love editing on photoshop I like editing pictures and I love all of that hence you may see like my my graphics and stuff that I put out on Instagram that is my kind of tie to editing that I still love to do and so my podcast has afforded me to do that um and I have done you know actual photography for people as well you know, just for friends and family, if they want someone to take pictures for them, I'm always up to that. So those are things that I do for fun. 
Um, I also enjoy um, taking care of my um, lovely Monstera Deliciosa. She is a gift from one of my um, former students and I love, love, love her. Um, never owned a plant in my life um, by myself. Like usually growing up, I had plants in my home, but like I living on my own never had a plant because I was always nervous to take care of something else <laughs> besides myself and so when I was gifted a plant I was so nervous um, but that nervousness kind of turned into this this need to really really learn out the plant so that I could do my best to take care of it and so I spend a lot of time and energy learning about taking care of my plant and I love her to pieces she is literally like a pet or my a child to me like I worry about her when I go away I take care of her when I sometimes not am not taking care of myself <laughs> she comes first in a lot of regards um I love her I love her I love her I love her and I yeah I love her so she definitely is another hobby of mine <laughs> just taking care of her I also like reading manhwas and manga I like watching anime I have favorite animes if anyone ever wants to know you know me to go over favorite animes I would love to do that um, I also knit depending on the seasons of the year around the fall winters when I pick up my my knitting it's nice to do when watching k-drama sometimes so I will do some knitting um, but yeah yeah, yeah. So that's basically, you know, that's something that I do. <laughs> and obviously podcasting is a very, very huge one. It takes up a lot of my time, as you guys can probably imagine. Hence the need to take a vacation from it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that also is a really big, huge hobby of mine as well. Oh, love these questions. I feel like I'm, I'm being so open. And I'm sharing so much about myself and I'm like nervous as much as I'm also excited to share with you guys. So thank you for these questions again. Um, we're closing in, I think, on the final question. So we're almost done. This question is, if you're still open, are you considering having guests for your podcast? I'm in. <laughs> yes, I would love one of my dreams one of the things I really wanted to do when I first started this podcast was to allow it to be a platform for other um, k-drama lovers and enthusiasts who don't share their ideas online anywhere where they kind of just you know they just watch them and then they go about their day but I wanted to give you know any of my listeners who at you know, some point want to talk about something that they've watched, a K-drama that they love, I would love to give them a platform to do so. So I was hoping that there would be a way that I could figure out how to kind of see if there are others who are just listeners who don't do any kind of sharing about K-dramas anywhere and really were like, hey, if you want me on for an episode, I would love to talk about K-dramas in that one episode and then go back into hiding. You know, I, I really, really would love, I would love to host that. So yes, I'm in if you're in. You probably will be the first person since you went ahead and kind of, you know, threw your hand out. So I know who you are. I will be reaching out to you. We'll talk more. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is what I want and I would love it if there's anyone else who's just a listener who again hasn't no other platform where they talk about K-dramas and would like to share their opinions on K-dramas somewhere I would love to give you the platform to do so so please please reach out to me 
I am always answering my DMs on Instagram. That is the quickest way to get to me. Um, And then we can kind of expand our communications on however we see fit from there. But with love, with love for other people to kind of volunteer as tribute, um, to be a guest on my podcast um, as one of my listeners. I would love it. I really would love it. And I did have one of my great friends who I actually befriended through my podcast um, has been a listener from the very beginning and we have been friends now ever since because they you know she just reached out to me and she was able to guest on my um, podcast this year and it was such a blast and she was like it's too much work (laughs) so it is a lot of work but it also is super fun and I was so glad that she was able to join me and that is basically an example Um, my my friend Squash the episodes are on Dungy they're throwing it back episodes about Dong Yi from 2010 and so that is an example of what we could do if you would like to be like squash okay (laughs) let me know guys let me know I'm serious I would love to have more people on um, more of my listeners on um, as as guests please let me know okay Um, and then I have a question here what are your favorite underrated K-dramas so this is a very hard question to answer okay so I have so many underrated K-dramas that I would love to recommend to people. I even did a series on my blog where I talked about K-dramas that I believed were underrated and I also could understand why they were underrated or why people probably didn't really watch them or give them a fair shot or chance. And I titled the series ain't nobody checking for you but I am kind of thing (laughs) um and it's a five-part series on my actual blog that I finished this year I mean there's more that I can add to that and I probably will pick it up another year um but I did five parts where I listed around eight or nine in each of these parts so that's already an idea of how many dramas (laughs) that I can list as underrated and I will probably give you a few that I from that list just right off the bat because that's where I would first direct anyone who inquires about underrated k-dramas that I love I mean yes again some of these k-dramas I can understand why people may or may not have loved them (laughs) but I think they were great and maybe people just need to watch them again or people really just to give them a shot so I definitely would recommend some of these um off the top of my head um there's a drama called Gloria which is a family weekend style drama it is about like a nightclub singer and like supporting her family with that career then there's also and then you know obviously romance falling in love with like the guy the head of the the music company kind of thing like just love it um there's also a drama called romance town super like I don't know if anyone watched that drama. I don't even think people watched it when it actually aired because that's when I watched it but I don't think anybody else was watching it but me loved it it's a literally like um, about a, um, a actual neighborhood where it's like these very wealthy men have, um, you know, these these wives, and then they have they they have maids, and these and it's a story of these maids in these wealthy um, families' homes, and uh love it. And there's another family weekend drama that I love called Ugly Alert, Kong Soras, and that. And I don't even know if 
it's underrated I just know that it's really long it has multiple I mean so many episodes so weekend dramas to me I feel like are usually underrated because people don't have the time and the energy to watch them but ugly alert oh my gosh so so good so emotionally just like fulfilling in so many different ways so so many different areas in so many different ways so highly recommend that um there's a drama called can you hear my heart i i again it's on the family weekend kind of it's not family weekend but it's kind of like a family um drama it has a lot of episodes not a lot of episodes but it has like maybe i think 30 episodes unless i'm making that up but the performances in that drama were some of the best performances i've ever watched like i to this day i'm still blown away by the performances in that drama so i highly recommend it just for that but it is a family um style drama so there's like a lot of you know moving pieces a lot of different you know birth secrets all kinds of things like that but the way they the perform they act out that drama it's man so good one of the best that has ever done family secrets family birth secrets i'm telling you um Babyface Beauty, another kind of like, it's not another, but it's like a romance, rom-com, office, fashion, 16 episode drama, super adorable, super like heartfelt and warming like to watch. Um, It's kind of like underdog becomes top dog kind of story. Really, really recommend that one. Um, There's also a drama called What's Up? Fox, an older drama, much older. And definitely, I feel like during his time, it was like, wow, this is good. But I don't know if anybody has thought to ever go back and watch it. Like as an older drama, like no one recommends it. I highly recommend it. It's on the sadder side for me. Obviously, it's about someone, a woman who gets diagnosed um, with cancer um, and kind of, and it's like a noodle romance and she kind of like takes on you know, this relationship with this, this younger, um, man who basically, you know, she watched grow up. It's weird. It's awkward. I know, but it's, it's so good. So, so good. Super difficult watch for me, but I, it was, I watched it years ago. So I was, I was able to watch those things back then. Um, another one I'm trying to think of, Oh my gosh. Monstar. I highly recommend Monstar. It's literally like monster, but like Monstar. And it's a kind of music, you know, idol drama. It has some idols in it at the time. It was a music, you know, had, you know, songs. There was a lot of singing, musical, Kong Kong Nul. It was baby in it. Um, so like high school kind of um, art school drama. So good so good I mean the music alone like the musical performances alone were so good um I think it got pushed under the radar because of some of the controversy surrounding one of the actresses in it I'm not going to go into that detail um you probably heard of it but I definitely think it's underrated and despite the controversies that followed that actress after that I would still say her performance in there was one of my favorites so <laughs> there's that um but yeah love that love monster um 
and Kang Han Jo is a baby in it. Um, another one I really, really like is a, a speaking of like musical dramas, What's Up? Definitely underrated. I don't hear anybody talk about this drama like at all. Like nobody. I, I don't even know if people were talking about it when it was airing. Another idol drama where there are some idols in you know lead roles, obviously, because it's about singing and but it's like on the university level. They're in um, university and uh, like a performing arts school and there's another set aspect of like a, a, a terminal um terminal ill um I think he's like the music director like professor or something like that and so it's like his story and like his students stories and there's romance and there's wonderful performances and singing and just 10 out of 10. I don't even know where people can watch it these days. Like, I don't even know if there's access. Like, it's so underrated, but it's so good. Uh, I highly recommend it. Again, don't know where you would find it because I think people just kind of brushed it underneath the rug, but it was so good. Um, um, another one, another one. And that's enough, right? I didn't, I think I gave too many, actually. Like, I think I gave too many. <laughs> but yeah, I list those dramas and so many more on my blog in this kind of five part series where I go over K dramas that I love, but no one else seems to. This is. Um, from that list basically so more information on that there I even give clips of like you know scenes from it so you'll be able to watch um, a little bit of the drama so you can see um, just get a little a little view of what it looks like so please check that out I maybe I'll link it somewhere um, so you guys can have access quick access to it you don't have to go searching for it on my blog Okay. Um, and then final question, I'm laughing just looking at it and I know who sent this. I mean, I know who sent all of these, but I definitely am like, of course I know who sent this one. Why haven't you watched Just Between Lovers? You know what? <laughs> Let's talk about this really quickly. So Just Between Lovers is, you know, that drama with Jun Ho that everybody else and their mama has watched. Um, I have not. I purposely skipped it back when it was airing because I was not drawn in by the premise of the story and by our leads, not Jun Ho himself at that time, but the lead actress. There was, I don't think I knew her from anything else at the time. And so she just wasn't a draw for me. So it was no motivation for me to go out of my way to watch Just Between Lovers when it aired. Now, since then, I've heard so much about it and I always am like, oh, that's a drama that I've never watched. And then I think about like, why haven't I watched it? And I remember, oh, it's because during the time I didn't have any desire to watch it. So I purposely skipped it. But now these days with June, the height of Jun Ho and how amazing he is, everyone's like, of course, if you love Juno, you should have, of course, watched Us Between Lovers. And I'm like, I love Jun Ho and I still have not watched Us Between Lovers. However, it is one of my um, K-drama friends' best, like favorite drama. And so I am due time to finally pick up Just Between Lovers. Um, we're going to do a rewatch together. I promise you that we are. Well, a rewatch for her and a watch for the first time for me. I... Um, I have no other reason besides I just skipped it. I didn't have any desire to watch it when it was airing and I never thought to go back to it until recently in hearing so many other people be like, you haven't watched Just Between Lovers? What do you mean? And it's like, I know, I haven't watched Just Between Lovers. Um, I have not. There's other K-Domes that I have not watched uh, that everybody else has and it's literally because I just really didn't want to watch it. <laughs> 
did at the time. And so I'm like, I'm sorry, guys, but I have definitely opened my horizons a lot more. I was a lot pickier back in the day. So nowadays I'm more open to suggestions of dramas that I skipped and that I'm like, oh, you never watched that? You gotta go back and watch that. I'm so much more open to that. Um, and I, if I can find time, I wanna do it. So Just Between Lovers is one of the first dramas that I will be going back to rewatch um, because I never watched it. And my lovely, lovely K-drama friend knows that I need to watch it and she's been pushing me and I will and I promise I will I promise I promise I promise so yes that is just a funny little question that she threw in there and yes I I will watch it but that explains why I hadn't watched it okay (laughs) oh she just wanted to call me out she just wanted to call me out but you know that's all good but that's it. That was my last question. I thought it was a cute, fun, fun last question to end on. And yeah, if you guys have any other questions, I am more than happy to doing more Q&As throughout, you know, the year, um, next year, you know, whatever, build up questions over time if need be. I am so sorry that it took me so long to do a Q&A episode. I feel like I haven't been as forthcoming with personal information about myself and sometimes even my views on k-drama um like talking about k-dramas that i absolutely despise you know i don't offer that information up unless you talk to me kind of one-on-one so i you know i need to be a little bit more open and kind of put it all out there and i will i'll do my best i'm gonna work on that i really am <laughs> i really am but i hope this q a gave you some insight about me and my podcast and my views on K-dramas and K-drama land. And um, yeah, just just my thoughts on some things that you probably maybe didn't know. And if you want to know more, you want me to go into depth about any of these answers that I gave and you have any follow-ups, please reach out to me again. I am very responsive. I promise you that I am. We can chat all day, every day. If we're talking about K-dramas, trust me. But if there's a, you know, more personal things that you kind of just want to inquire, I also would be willing to share that information as well. Like I said, I'm trying my best to be a little bit more open with you guys and I can do it. I trust you guys and I appreciate you guys. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's get a little bit more connected. There's some other things I'm going to be bringing to you guys, like I mentioned, um, as far as my tracking system, um, something that I am super excited to share with you all. And then there are things I have in my future that I'm planning, and I'm not sure it's going to be something that I'll be able to do this year for my podcast, but I definitely am thinking of another platform that I may be introducing for you guys in next year, and I'll probably give you or have more information for you by the end of this year um, if it's a go, but it's a different platform, a platform that I've never used, but I am I'm going to really be putting myself out there if I do use this, so just brace yourself because <laughs> I... Like I just said, this whole Q&A was a chance for me to start being a little bit more open. And I think the other platform that I'm considering would be a really big step um, in continuing this kind of relationship that I have with my lovely listeners, you guys. And I hope you guys would support me over there once we figure out the logistics of it actually happening. Um, But do know that I appreciate you guys so much for not only like the the people who submitted questions, um, but also 
everyone who listens, everyone who pressed play on an episode and gives a little bit of a listen. Um, I am so grateful to you. I feel, I feel your listens every time you listen. I hear from you guys. You guys reach out to me and I love when you guys do that. So please keep doing that. Um, and just let me know what else you would want from me. I've been hearing back from people about things that they enjoy, things that they would want more from, um, from my podcast and from me. And I'm taking that all in. I really am. So again, thank you for giving me the opportunity to even do a Q&A by submitting questions, which I really was nervous that I wasn't going to get any questions. So I appreciate this opportunity to even record an episode like this. But I'm hoping that this is a start of a kind of communication between you and I listening that it's going to just grow. It's going to continue to grow. And I am so looking forward to you all um, continuing to check out new episodes I have coming up for you in the next couple months. But I will say that this is the final and my vacation series. And so my next episode after my kind of vacation episode here would probably be a ramblings and musing so that I can um, go over all the dramas that I have finished or dramas that I am starting or in dramas that I am hoping to start, you know, what I usually do in my ramblings and musings episodes. So please look out for that. And I just thank you. Thank you guys for supporting me during my little vacation time and not forgetting about me in the, in the, in the weeks <laughs> that I was away. I um, am grateful that you guys gave me this chance to, to do a vacation. So love you guys. But that's all for this episode. I want to thank you all so much for listening and whether you're listening in the morning or in the afternoon or in the evening, I hope you have a great day. So everyone, it's been real. Lola's off.